Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 112. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to get caught up on my book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up in all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible. And you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from. You can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible to make your smartphone smarter. Well, my next guest, Chester Elton, has been called the Apostle of Appreciation. And uh, he's a co-author of several successful leadership books and is an in-demand speaker the whole world over. Chester's books have been translated into over 20 different languages and have sold more than a million copies worldwide. The Carrot Principle, which was published by Simon & Schuster, has been a regular New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And 24 Carrot Manager has been called a must-read for modern-day managers by Larry King of CNN. The Orange Revolution was the number one selling business book in the United States, according to the Wall Street Journal. And he has a new book out about a year ago. And called All In. And he's a motivation expert. He's been featured in the Financial Times, Washington Post, Fast Company, and the New York Times. He's been featured on 60 Minutes, NBC's Today Show, CNN, ABC's Money Matters, MSNBC, and National Public Radio. Chester, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, it's glad for you to be here. What a quite impressive resume you have there. Tell me, how did it all get started for you? Why are you so passionate about leadership and, and positive reinforcement? Well, you know, it's really interesting. Growing up, uh, I grew up in a ridiculously positive uh, family. <laughs> and we always kind of figured that, you know, you, you get more uh, success by encouraging people and shooting from them than you do from screaming at them and beating them up. And right. I was lucky, you know, as I played some sports and whatnot in, in high school and whatnot, that always had really positive coaches. So I really grew up in a positive atmosphere. And then when I started to work, it just seemed like a natural transition to take all that positivity and bring it to the workplace. And it, it worked other than anything else I tried. So, yeah, I just, I guess you could say I, I grew up uh, on the carrot principle and then we just applied it to work. You know, I always find it fascinating. One of my favorite quotes from, um, I think, oh gosh, now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I, I, well, I thought it was Eisenhower. No, maybe it was Patton. Yeah, it was Patton that said, you know, um, hitting somebody over the head isn't motivation, that's assault. And I uh, always think that was kind of the, when you talk about employee recognition and recognizing their people for our good works, why does it seem, why do we miss it? It seems like such a simple thing to do, positive reinforcement. Why is it so difficult for us? You know, I, I get that question all the time. And uh, it really is interesting because it's such a simple principle. You know, somebody does something great, you reward it, you recognize it, they do it again. And I, and I think it's just that we get so caught up in the machinery of, of business. 
and, and leadership. We've got so much to do. We're doing so much more with less. We're multitasking that we've basically dehumanized work. Mm. And this is one of my great fears is that everything is so automated. It's so brief. It's so, you know, text. It's a, it's a sound bite that we forget that there are families behind our employees, that there's real emotions there. And if we'll just take a little bit of time, we can rehumanize the workplace and drive engagement and productivity really high. So, you know, I, I think it's just the, the, the modern day approach to work is that you get it done fast, you get it done effectively, you, you do it as quick as you can, and you move on to the next project. And, uh, and it's a shame. You know, what I love about the carrot um principle, which is, you know, the book that really kind of puts you on the map, that great recognition can be done just in mere moments, that we don't need a lot of money or budgets to get it done. I mean, is that, what is the, and, and you and you highlighted a, um, some major companies in that book, you know, Disney, DHL, Pepsi. Um, what was maybe your biggest surprise after going through all that research um, for that book? Well, one of, one of the real ahas we had was is that while it's simple in concept, it takes uh, discipline to execute. Right. You know, the concept of saying thank you is simple. Um, but, for example, general praise has no impact on people. We, we'd run into these managers, and they were good people, right? And they'd say, okay, you're right, I need to, I need to be more engaged and more appreciative. And so they'd, you know, you'd turn to work and say, hey, great job, great job, and you rock, you're number one, no, you're the best. But it doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, general praise, uh, you know, gets annoying actually fairly quickly. Uh, and so that there was a technique behind it. And we explored it even more uh, in our latest book, uh, All In, how, how the best managers create this culture of belief and drive big results. That I believe what I do matters, that I make a difference. And when I make a difference, it's, it's noticed and, and it's praised. So we talk about, well, you, you, you've got to be timely and you've got to be specific. You've got to be sincere, you know, and, and, and those kinds of things, when they're brought to the fore, again, simple little tools make all the difference, right? If, if I'm timely, in other words, if, if you do something great and I praise you right away, the, the closer the praise is to the behavior, the more likely it is to be repeated, right? Um, and so, and if I'm specific about it, I, I've, I've reinforced specifically what it was you did. This is what great customer service looks like. This is what on-time delivery. Um, I, I'm sincere. You know, you, you again, humanize the workplace. I talk about the, the person and, and, and why it's important. And I tied it to a value, right, that value of on-time delivery or specificity. So, you know, when you've got those things in place, and, of course, the more you do it, the better you get, it starts to be kind of rote. And that's the kind of phrase that, that's... Uh, that's really effective. I, I kind of like it in them when you get your holiday cards, you know, you get all those Christmas cards and so on. Yeah. And the ones that have gone through a meter and have a mechanical signature on it aren't the ones that you tend to read or save. It's the ones you get that, that has a little personal note. Yeah. Maybe it's got a little family newsletter and, and, and they're more specific and they've made it personal. Those are the ones you, you take the time to read and and have a greater impact. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely it does. You know, and I think uh, one of the best tips and techniques I got from Bob Berg after I was talking with him, you know, and I love, you know, after I interviewed him, and I'm sure you're familiar with Bob Berg, right? And um, and <laughs> he he sent me, like, I got a, a day and a half, like the, two days later, I mean, within two days, a nice handwritten note in blue ink 
um, thanking me for the interview and everything else. And I thought, wow, that I mean, that really stuck out in my my mind. And when I was talking to him a couple of days after that, and he said that's one of his techniques. It's in his book, Endless Referrals. You know, send something in blue ink, handwritten, because no one does it. You know, with a stamp. And he he talked <laughs> about the you know put a, a real stamp that you lick on and on the envelope, and people remember it. And it's just the little things, right? And that's what's so. It's just a little, the little attention to details can make such a huge difference. Well, you're right. And, you know, we talk a lot about the power of a handwritten note. And to his point, you know, we talk about doing it frequently. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's written me a nice note and it was timely, but it becomes a habit. You do it often. And, uh, you know, I, I often say, listen, the art of a handwritten note, I mean, it's a lost art. And yes. so when it happens, it has a huge impact. And to your point, put a real stamp on it. You know, I, I, I'm a collector of many things. And one of my uh, favorite hobbies is uh, American commemorative stamps. Yeah. You know, and they've got there are great stamps out there now. You know, I, I was I, should, I was writing some notes this morning, and uh, you know they've got the Gettysburg stamp and the Vicksburg stamp, and there's the there's the uh, 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 you know all the the love you stamps and the uh, American art stamps, and, and you can actually uh, there's a great Johnny Cash stamp. So it's funny, I just kind of go and buy the commemorative stamps. If you know a little bit about the person, like if you know they like music, I put a Johnny Cash stamp on there, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But the big, oversized, fun stamps. And again, they're little things, but isn't it interesting? You noticed every one of them. That's right. You noticed it was a real stamp. You noticed it was blue ink. You noticed it was handwritten. You know, it wasn't a text on your phone. All those little things add up. Which brings me to another one of my favorite subjects, and that is, I don't think there are little things. <laughs> yeah. I think all those little things are big things. Right. You know, because they make it memorable. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. You know, the attention to detail and, you know, coming from the Marine Corps, that was big. You know, that was the, they've always just drummed that in you. It's the, it's the attention to detail, attention to detail. You know, I love that you bring up this idea of a culture too. You know, I've, I've had many of arguments in the, in the corporate arena, in the leadership ranks, and we're talking about how do we get things how do we get people excited and motivated and feel like their job's important and they're not getting paid a lot and how do you get them to perform? And to me, like you, I, I always said, and I look back and, and, and I look back to why the Marine Corps was so successful because there you got an organization where people aren't making a lot of money, but they love that organization. I do. I think about it. I talk about it almost every day and I've been away from it for almost 13 years now. But it's because you felt like you were part of something bigger than yourself. And they were so big on the culture and the history and the traditions and everything else. And I think that in an organization, if they could tap into that, if they could tap into a culture where you felt like you were part of something unique and special and that you mattered, man, you're almost unstoppable as a, as a company, right? Well, exactly. You know, and, and that's what led us to write the book All In because uh, reward and recognition is great, but you've got to reinforce the right values and the right behaviors, and that's all culture. Right. So if the culture is right, it doesn't matter. Then I don't care what kind of recognition strategy you've got in place. People just feel like you're trying to trick them to work for less. <laughs> right. Right? But you get the culture right. You get the mission right. And we talked about that in all of them. The first, the first step is what's your burning platform or what we sometimes call your noble cause. Mm -hmm. If you have that right, then boy, you, you know, people will, will, uh, will walk on hot coals for you. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I love that. The, what did you call that? The burning what? What was it again? The burning platform. Burning platform, the noble yeah. Cause. The noble cause. You know, see, it's really interesting. So, you know, we, we talked to um, to guys, uh, for example, like at Zappos, right, which is a great success story. Right. And you'd say, okay, 
good companies know what they do and how they do it, right? So if you say, okay, what does Zappos do? You say, well, they they sell shoes online and they ship them out of their warehouses in Nevada and uh, New Mexico or Arizona. You say, great. But if you ask a Zappos employee, what do you ship? They don't say shoes. They say, we ship happiness in every little box. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the idea here is, if I'm shipping happiness instead of shoes, I approach my job differently, right? It, it's not just getting another box of widgets out of the warehouse. It's, I'm making a difference. Back to our definition. I believe, this, this culture of belief, that what I do matters, right? Mm-hmm. And then it makes a difference. So you get stories that come out of Zappos of operators spending, you know, three hours on the phone with someone because, oh, she was an older woman and she was just lonely. Well, the culture about making a difference and making people happy, the supervisor says, well, you did exactly the right thing. Now, hopefully not every call takes three hours, right? Right. Uh, they had an operator that said, look, uh, this woman was returning uh, some products because her mother-in-law had died in a car accident. You know, not your normal call. And she said, look, we've got their address and stuff. Would it be okay if I send her some flowers? She said, well, of course. And what that does is that builds that relationship. I'm not I'm not just trying to get as much money out of you as fast as I can. I'm trying to make you happy. I'm trying to build a relationship. And, and they took their business from zero to $1.1 billion in nine years. Wow. So, yeah, it worked really well. You know, and, and, you know, they're shipping shoes, right? Like, we work with a lot of hospitals. I was working with Novartis Oncology, where, you know, they're trying to cure cancer. Well, you know, pretty easy to get emotionally engaged in that. You're saving people's lives, you know, right. and they... They put up pictures of little kids that have taken their products that have survived right. because they got the product to market fast enough. So you say, oh, well, you know, that's easy. They're curing cancer. You go, yeah, but you know what? It works even if you're shipping shoes. If you get the message right and the culture right. And then, or what, what I always say is the secret sauce, and then if you figured out really simple ways to reinforce that, the handwritten note, the pat on the back, the little conversation, the calling somebody out in the team, team huddle in the morning, you know, the, the blast email that, that you copy everybody specifically says, you know, why uh, Tom or Sue or Hank did such a great job. Well, now you've got a way to reinforce that culture and you're off to the races. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so, but I even think back to when, you know, when I'm in those leadership positions and, and it is, like, as you said earlier, you get caught up in the kind of the mechanics of the business and the to-do lists and everything else. And I contend that the higher you get up in the leadership rank, the more that you should be outside that office and away from kind of the the day-to-day tactics. You should be walking around investing in relationships more than any other activity, I believe. And I just don't see that a lot in all the corporate arenas that I've worked since I've got out of the Marine Corps. Is it true in the, the, the organizations you did the research for these books on? You bet. It, it, it's a big trap. Uh, you get caught up, and, and not only that, the higher up you get, the more demanding your time is outside sure. the organization. You've got boards you sit on, there's charities you support, you know, there's banquets to go to, and, and you're really busy, right? But you need to take care of the core. I'll tell you, here's a really interesting uh, and simple tool for your listeners that we came across while writing uh, All In, and it, it was with a manager down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Avis uh, Revelcar has, has got a great culture, yeah. and they've had one of, one of the great advertising slogans of forever. You know, uh, you know, we try harder. And uh, one of their top leaders in their organization is a guy who runs their all their uh, locations in Dallas. It's Carlos Aguilera. And as we were 
um, you know, interviewing Carlos and talking to him about how he's developed this extraordinary culture in his group with really high engagement, very low turnover, um, you know, really high customer satisfaction and so on. To, uh, of all the things you do as a leader uh, to get that those kind of results, what would you want us to share with other leaders? And he says, yeah, he says, I've got this really simple thing I do, and it's called 10 Penny. He says, really, 10 pennies, this will be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, to your point, he says, I get out of my office, and I spend as much time as I can with my people. Now, he grew up where he had managers that were very quick to point out what he did wrong, very slow to point out what he did right. And again, this is another trap we fall into as leaders, right? Yeah. We know how it's done right. When we see it's done wrong, we jump in, we correct it, and say, ah, that's leading, right? Finding right. the mistake. Well, he said, I didn't want to be that kind of manager because when that manager showed up for me, I was never excited to see him because I was pretty sure they were going to criticize me. Right? <laughs> so, so he says, I put 10 pennies in my left pocket every, every morning. And I set a goal to have 10 positive interactions with my people every day. And every time I have a positive interaction, I move a penny from my left pocket to my right pocket. He says, if I get to lunch and I've got eight pennies in my left pocket, I haven't been doing my job. That's great. And I thought, isn't that fascinating? It's such a simple thing. Now, I challenge you to do it. It's hard. Yeah. Ten, five. But, of course, it's like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get. Well, I would, I would, uh, I would submit to you that when uh, Carlos Aguilera's people see him come, they perk up. They don't uh, go into the rope adult, you know, protect yourself at all times. The boss is gone. Right. Kind of thing. Now, here's what's fascinating. So we looked at that, and then we looked at some research. The Harvard Business Review did a study on how many positives to negatives, uh, what's the ratio, you know, of positive interactions to negative rates, uh, uh, interactions in a workplace that creates a positive workplace. So if I were to ask you, what would be your guess? What do you think the ratio is? Oh, man. Maybe... I don't know, three to one, three negative to one positive? Well, no, to create a positive atmosphere. Oh, to create a... So... Three negative to one positive. Yeah. But what do you think the positive uh, ratio? Well, I would guess, um, I don't know. So is the question how many positive interactions versus a negative? Is that what you're asking? Right. So to have a positive... Uh, environment, you'd need more positive than negative. Well, sure, right? yeah, yeah. I think... So, how many more positive do you think you'd need than negative as a classification according to Harvard? Oh, I got you. Is a positive um, workplace? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you would need, um, I don't know, twice as many? Two to one is a pretty good guess. See, it's really interesting. Actually, one to one is negative, right? For okay. every example that there's a criticism, right. you'd know that from your personal relationships, right? Right. <laughs> Try, try that at home with your wife. For every compliment you her criticism, I don't think you'd be married very long, right? Right. So two to one is actually also negative. Three to one is, is neutral. Wow. Four to one becomes positive. It's five to one. Five and it's interesting one. is you talk to marketing people, for every negative uh, comment you get online, you literally need like 20 to negate. Wow. It's fascinating. That is crazy. We as humans... What's that? I said, that's crazy. I just I it wouldn't... Yeah, but you're right, I guess. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, no. Human nature is we, we, we gravitate to the negative. Yeah. Now, and, and there's all kinds of examples, right? Your kid comes home. He's got seven classes he's taken. He's got six straight A's, one C+. Plus. What do we immediately jump to? <laughs> yeah, the C+. Plus. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, hey, what happened? This yeah. is good, but man, what happened here? Right? It's human nature. 
So they actually, you know, because it's Harvard, it was actually 5.6 positive right. to right. one negative. So you take a look at Carlos, who just stumbled on this naturally, right? He goes, hey, I just think I should have 10 positive interactions. Now, I'm sure he's got to point out things people are doing wrong, right? I mean, right. it's going to happen. But I'd, I'd be willing to bet that his ratio is probably about, you know, 4 to 1 to 5 to 1. And it's created this positive atmosphere where people enjoy coming to work. They enjoy working for Carlos, right? And, and when, they, when they have to be coached on something they did wrong, they're much more open to it yeah. because that's got this bank of, of positive experiences. So 10 pennies, and, and it's fascinating. Here's a guy that, you know, hasn't got a, a business degree from Harvard, but figured it out yeah. and is one of the top producers in all of Avis. That, I cool? love that. I love that story. What a great example. And it's so simple. I love, that's what I love about it. It's the simple, practical things that all of us are capable. We all have the same amount of resources that Carlos do. And that's why I, I say that we make it more difficult than we need to sometimes. It's just the intentionality, you know, and him, him having the awareness, the intentionality of the power of that um, is what makes the difference. And all of us have the resources to do exactly what he's doing. Oh, uh, sure. You know, you, you talk about handwritten notes. You know, we, we challenge leaders. We go right three a week. For the next three weeks, this it takes you about 21 days to develop a habit, right? Yeah. Just write three notes a week for three weeks and see what happens. The impact is, is way disproportionate to the effort. Yes. <laughs> you know, it takes you two, three minutes to write a note, stick a stamp on it, get it in the mail, right? Yep. And yet the people treasure them. They put them in their attaboy, you know, files. They put them in their journals. They share them with their families. Some other thing we say on the handwritten note is mail it to the home so they can share it with friends and family. I find too, you know, um, most really good leaders never eat alone. You know, they're always eating with their staff or, 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 or a client or a customer. Or they're just out there because, you know, those, those moments over food and when you're just kind of dining and you're getting to know each other, lots of good conversations happen there. You know, it gives you a lot of real insight into your people. I love the, the leaders that when they go visit uh, locations, they show up with two dozen donuts, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and a, and, a, and a big thing of hot chocolate or something. Just, hey, I took the time to to think about you, and, you know, you can never have too many donuts, really, if you right. think about it. <laughs> One of the things, we're always open for another donut, right? That's right. But, you know, it's, it's the, the word you use was intentionality. I, I like to use the word discipline. You know, you make it a priority. I do things that are important, right? right? And I do them right now. And, and that's really a good indicator as you're talking to leaders. You say, well, you know, why don't you write more notes and say, well, you know, I, I really should. He said, yeah, but when you don't write them, what you're telling your people is not important. Because if it were important, you'd do it. Right? Right. I would say, the, 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 the greatest question is, so why don't you do more? What do you think the number one answer is? I don't have enough time. Time. Time, yeah. So I would say, look, I, I get that you don't have time. Somebody's doing a great job for you, knocking it out of the park every day. Don't have time to go tell them they're doing a great job. But that same employee does something that screws up. How much time you got now? Right. Like, oh, yeah, well, I, I would get on that right away because that's really important to you. Yeah, and that's the message you sent. Is you're only important to me when you screw up. Right. And uh, and it's exactly backwards. Yeah, it's such, you know, it's always amazing to me how it's it sounds so simple and common sense, and it is. And it, and it always drives me crazy and why we don't make it more common practice. I, I still don't. I still haven't quite figured human beings out yet. And even myself, I mean, I'm <laughs> well, guilty. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. We came across a great quote. There's a, 
a great guy. You should interview him. He's, he's a wonderful interviewer. Quinn Studer. And he does a lot of work with hospitals and so on. And he gave us a great phrase one time. He said, oh, it's all common sense. It's just uncommonly practiced. Right. That's so true. <laughs> I just love the way he says it's common sense, uncommonly practiced. And so, you know, we're always looking for ways as leaders to differentiate ourselves and, and find ways to, to, to stand out and, and engage other people. And isn't it funny? These simple little things like handwritten notes and, and ten pennies and making sure we're reinforcing the right culture. You know, if it's a culture of customer service or a culture of on-time delivery, that we really do focus around those behaviors. And I'll tell you, the leaders that do it um, have more fun at work, have more engaged in and are more profitable. Sure. You know, one of my favorite cultures is Texas Roadhouse. I don't know if you've ever been to a yeah, Texas I Roadhouse. Have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's difficult. It's You know, there's tons of steak restaurants here in town, and that one is packed every single night. There's a waiting list every single night. So, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's oh, a great yeah. place. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's as my kids would say, Dad, you go to a Texas Roadhouse, man, that place bumping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's packed. People are literally bumping into each other. Yes. Well, they kept it very simple, right? It's legendary food, legendary service. Yep. And everybody's empowered to say, look, this isn't legendary. Send it back. Do it again. You know, like Toyota, you know, you can stop the assembly line if something's not right. Mm -hmm. And But not only that, you talk about engaging your people, letting them know that you care. They have got a program at Texas Roadhouse called Andy's Outreach. Okay, so again, everybody says it. Oh, yeah, our people are our most important asset, and, you know, we treat them well, and blah, blah, blah. And then you go into places, and you go, hey, you treat your people like crap. Who are you kidding? <laughs> you know? And nice poster. <laughs> right. Poor execution. Um, they've got a thing called Andy's Outreach, and it's an employee assistance program. So anybody in the organization, if they have an unexpected expense, maybe there's funeral expenses, or it was a harsh winter, and the, and the heating bills were just sky high, or a hurricane came through, or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you can submit to the Employee Assistance Program. They call it Andy's Outreach. Andy is their armadillo, you know, the cowboy hat with the kerchief. Right. He's kind of their mascot. Yep. And if the employees uh, say, yeah, this is an extraordinary they pay the bill for you, and they just pay it. They don't, you know, they don't give you the cash. They pay the bill, right? Right. And I'm telling you, there are waitresses and waiters that have, uh, you know, been in a car accident, not their fault. They don't have a car to come to work and they'll buy them a car. Wow. They'll have an unexpected medical expense they can't pay. They pay the expense. And do you think that means a lot to those employees? Absolutely. You know, they, they, they contribute. You can have as little as 25 cents from your paycheck deducted and they'll match it. They have a restaurant uh, outside of Utah State University in Logan, Utah that is completely debt-free. They bought the land with no loans. They built the restaurant with no loans. And 100% of the profits of that restaurant go to Andy's Outreach. So they don't just say it. They mean it, and they back it up. You, you, you go to the Texas Roadhouse, you watch the T-shirts they wear. The I Love Texas Roadhouse yeah. T-shirts, number one selling T-shirt in, the, in their line, bought by their employees, profit goes to Andy's Outreach. Wow. I mean... They walk the talk, yeah. And, and then you take a look and you say, okay, so how are they doing? Well, they have 400 restaurants. They out-deliver the restaurant market consistently. And they've only ever had to close two restaurants in 20 years. Wow. Now, if you know anything about the restaurant business, you're open and closing restaurants all the time, yeah. right? They, they are passionate about what they do. And it comes from Kent Taylor, who's the owner and founder. You know, 
he's secret he's secret shops to places. He's he's there for his people. They have a big annual uh, conference, and he's there, you know, talking with them, being there. You know, he, they they bring him the the best food, the best rock bands. They they they, they celebrate like you can't believe. And you talk to, to kids that uh, you know started as as waiters in college, and now you know run the restaurant and have equity in the restaurant. And I go, how does this compare to other places you've worked? And they say. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no place like this. Well, and to your point, it all comes back to the simple thing, humanizing business, caring about your people, you know, not just saying it, but doing it. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, nobody does it better than Texas Roadhouse. That's great. I love those stories, and I love I, – I know exactly what you mean. I, I did a, a speech about a month ago to a restaurant group out in – Manhattan Beach, and I'm still doing some work for him. And what a great! And when I walked around and I, and I walked through the restaurants and I looked and I saw, and everybody from their operations managers to the owners to the family to the employees, and there's just you can just sense it when there's just emanating a positive culture. And I, I talked to before I gave my presentation. I talked to oh probably a dozen or so employees, you know, from greeters to chefs to cooks in the back, waitresses, waiters. And they all just loved being around that family and that culture. So it's very powerful, very powerful. And um, that is the secret yeah, and, sauce. And see, that, that, that whole culture thing that you're talking about, you know, the family atmosphere, the wanting to serve and so on, what's really interesting is that uh, they they attract the right kind of people right. and they reject the wrong kind of people. That's right, yeah. And, and that's the power of culture. Yeah, you, you you're exactly right. And they spend that time to hire slowly and to find the character and people that would fit within that culture and feed that culture. You're absolutely right. They take the time to find the right fit. And when there's a, not a fit, they get rid of it quickly. Yeah, that's one thing right. I've noticed. Yeah, you're right. Fascinating stuff. I love all this stuff. Um, I'll have to read all in for sure. I'm just sitting there and I I pulled it up. Um, I usually try to read books before the interview, but this is the one I didn't read, but. Uh, I am definitely going to get this one because I'm a big fan of culture. And this, give a shout-out to your partner, too, that helped wrote the book, uh, Adrian Gostick. Is that right? Is that his yeah, last no, name? Adrian Gostick. He's, he's the brilliant writer behind all this stuff, and we have a great partnership. And You know, we've, we've written, I guess, eight books together now, and six of them have been New York Times bestsellers. And he has a way of taking all these stories and, and putting them into a really easy, easy read, uh, nice roadmap. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't ask for, for a better partner. He's beyond brilliant. Great. Well, give it, let people know how they can find you. I mean, you've got so many books out there. You've got a couple of websites. How can people get in touch with you? Sure. Well, thecultureworks.com is, is, is our company. We, we have all kinds of fun diagnostic tools to, to see where you are in your culture and, and uh, training and train the trainers and all kinds of consulting that goes with that. And we really have more fun than we should be allowed. We've got to... <laughs> We have great clients, you know, from financials to restaurants to rental car companies and so on. It's really a lot of fun. So thecultureworks.com is the best place. And our books, you can find them pretty much everywhere. Um, for those of you that travel, our books are consistently at the airport. Uh, bookstores, we do a lot with uh, Hudson Books and so on. And barnesandnoble.com, uh, amazon.com. Uh, and they've been translated into over 20 languages. So feel free to, to, to find the language of your choice. But uh, really appreciate being on your on your show today. And, and a little shout out. Because I, I really do believe that, you know, when we humanize business and we just treat each other better, everything gets better. You know, engagement, profitability, uh, brand building. And, you know, just in closing, we always encourage people to say, listen, 
as you read our books and, and you pick up these great little tips and so on, don't just use them at work. Use them at home. Yeah. You know, when was the last time you wrote a nice love letter to your spouse or dropped a little card in your kid's backpack as you went to school and, and said hi to, uh, you know, to a teacher or thank you to a coach or a minister? You know, everybody loves to know that they, that they are appreciated, that what they do is important, that it matters. And, and that it's recognized. So don't just save it for the workplace. You know, use it at home too. It works great there. Amen. Well said, Chester. I think that you could, you, and I, I've said that many times in this show before. It's one thing I learned uh, later in life. I wish I would have known earlier that it is all integrated together. It's all, all aspects of our lives are connected to this type of uh, um, being a better leader, better leadership philosophy. All of it is, is interrelated together. So Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a fun conversation, and you're doing great work out there, and I appreciate everything that you're doing, and um, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime. Call us and call me anytime. This has been delightful, and good luck in your work, too. You know, it's uh, it's nice to know you make a difference. All right. Thanks, Chester. We'll talk to you again. See you, See you buddy. Bye-bye. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.